This is Live from the Table, a Comedy Cellar affiliated podcast coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and on the Laugh Button Podcast Network, Dan Natterman here, along with Noam Dorman, owner of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, the ever-expanding world-famous Comedy Cellar. Uh, Periel Ashenbrand is with us. She is our producer, whatever producing means to you. We also have with us Sean Patton, a comedy seller regular. He was here with us not too long ago. He is back. He is from New Orleans, I believe. New Orleans, Louisiana. Him along with uh, Mr. Mark Norman, a couple of Cajuns that have... Uh, and there's also, of course, uh, Den, uh, 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 Matthew Broussard. He's from, he's, from, he's from Western Louisiana, I believe. But the Jersey, the New Jersey of New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know much about New Orleans, but he ca- he says that he is Cajun. Are you yeah, also sure. Cajun? Every, everyone in that region has some blood, some Cajun blood in them. Uh, Mark's from like the East Village of New Orleans, and I'm from like the Staten Island of. New and then there's Richard Ronovich, who's also from New Orleans, but by way he he actually was born in Montreal, so I don't count him. Oh, they keep coming. There'll be more. There one day will be another. The prophecy has spoken of the one from the Cajun lands. <laughs> well, it's it's sort of a Cajun invasion, if you will, here at the Comedy <laughs> Cellar. Uh, before we get to Sean's new special number one, which we want to talk about, a couple other things. First of all, Periel's animated short, Stupid, S-T-O-O-P-I-D, is now running on YouTube. So we've talked about it before, but Periel, just bring us up to date if you would. Stupid at the Comedy Cellar. It's a sh- animated short format talk show. We have 10 bite-sized episodes. Each one is with a different comedian, except for the first one, which is starring Mr. Noam Dorman. And um, it's doing really well so far on social media. They're being released every Monday on YouTube. Oh, cool. Why don't you release them all at the same time? Because I don't think anybody's going to watch every single one. They're want, we want to build up a little bit, a little bit of I, anticipation. I do agree with her here when it comes she, to that. You're uh, all wrong. No, no, because HBO, uh, which still releases things in the traditional weekly uh, format, does get better views than most shows that just get dumped on and you forget because it's one, it's a one-time push yes, and these, then it's over. 70 seconds. That's all. You, that's, that's, a, that's an eon in the new world. And like, wait, are you... Voiceover acting, though? Yes, I am. I'm voiceover acting. The multi talented <laughs> Noam Dorman. Didn't we record one oh, with yeah. you, too? Yeah, you're going to be in season two. This Did I? I think so. Didn't you oh, come up shit. here and tape one with me and Marcus Monroe? Oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine is the funniest one. That's the problem. It really is. Everybody, well, you've every, seen them all? Or? Yeah, I saw them all. Everybody general knows. consensus is not that yours is the funniest one. I love yours. The general I, consensus people told me. <laughs> <laughs> no one would ever say anything not nice to Gnome. Yours is amazing. They're all great. What's the funniest one? Dan's was funny. Dan's is very funny. They're all funny. And, I mean, I love Rich Voss's. Folks. They're, they're great. Folks. They're they're really they're all great and we have amazing comics and it's so exciting. We've been working on this for like two years and the idea is to sell it or get so it. So the general consensus is not that mine was not the funniest, it's that they're all great. Yes. 
Um, but, well, it's a general consensus. Norm. Very general. It's, it's just very general. The general consensus. They only general. say very it's, general things. It's. Uh, I don't know. We mm. got. Listen, people could be bullshitting me as much as what, they're bullshitting what's you. What's the specific consensus? <laughs> <laughs> when does that come into play? Well, anyway, you can watch them all on YouTube. It's, all right, stupid. Anyway. And you can't just Google. You can't just put in uh, stupid because it's. Mm. It, there's a lot of things that are called stupid. So you go stupid comedy seller, or, or what I like to do is uh, Google stupid Periel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. Now it's not on the comedy. Does, 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 am I wrong in assuming the comedy seller does not have its own YouTube page? Uh, we, they do. Yes, we have we, a, we do. I have a YouTube page, but there's nothing on it. That's oh, not. That's not. Buddy. That's not true. You gotta lean into that. That's the future. But it, you're also wrong. There is a comedy no, no, seller no, no. YouTube. Every every so single, saying that every it, single club is going to be a network in five years, and your YouTube page. All right, well, here's a this question. This show, yeah. wait a second. You're done. You had your No, fun. this right. show is on the Comedy Sellers YouTube page. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just... Who authorized that? <laughs> you did. Oh, no, I did not. Not stupid. This show. Oh, this show. You oh, also I... did. <laughs> <laughs> Only my episode is on the YouTube page. <laughs> and actually, you did authorize the other, but we decided not to do that. Uh, Why not? what's wrong with our youtube page um but here's my question what should be on the comedy seller uh clips like you were doing back when comedy central was still around there should be clips really well done like mint comedy they're super great but what that that style you guys should just be doing okay but here's the thing sean Sean, you don't seem to understand sean that gnome is too old and too rich to give a fuck no no it's not that at all I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not. Uh, Which one aren't you? I'm not, not too old. old. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the truth is, it is the God's honest yeah. truth, and and Dan knows this. The the idea of coming to the comedians and wanting to use their material in a way that's obviously going to benefit the club rubs me the wrong way. It's something. It's very hard for me to ask them to do that because unless I can offer them. Money. Say, listen, I want to use your clip, and 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 here's some here's what you get in return. Yeah. Then I don't ask because I don't feel it's right. I'll throw up a little more money and know that it's. I mean, has someone as a regular as a as Dan said a regular a favorite. Yeah. Do you say favorite? You said regular. I don't. I say favorite. Favorite. (laughs) I don't disagree with it. Gnome and I share a similar thing. Uh, The consensus is favorite. (laughs) My consensus. No, the general consensus. But. Uh, I know if you came to me and were like, hey, I want 15 minutes. I want you to give to me for the YouTube. I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. Right. Because I'm what, what would you grateful. want for it? But, and, well, look, I mean, the does exposure. It the exposure. The well, ticket sales com- that come are, on the road. Comics right, are already posting shit exactly. on Instagram. Right, I, right. So we, we can just echo stuff on our stuff. That's fine. But, I mean, to make it look real good, like those Mint shows look. Make it look real fucking good. Put a little production into it. You got the you've got the tools, and just turn the YouTube page into a network. So in five years from now, people aren't just shooting their special at the VU and then putting it wherever they but put it. Is it, it your girlfriend does stuff like this, like graphic design or something? She is a graphic designer, but we're, we're, we are no longer together. But we're still very good friends. Oh. Um, she does a lot of stuff like this. She's excellent at it. Um, but uh, I mean, if I could yeah. farm, if I could farm this out to somebody who's who's young, up and coming, like Matt Salacuse, get him in. Well, well, someone's in the camp of the comedians because honestly, Salacuse, that guy directed yeah. everyone special. If it Nicole, ben- it, mm-hmm. if it benefits the comedians, <laughs> you know, and 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 they they say no, this would help us. Put we need, we would like you to to you know big uh, 
renovate your YouTube page because yeah. it's it would it would benefit us. It would. Of course, I want to do that. Yeah. I don't really see it as a way to increase business for the club, but then I may be short-sighted. It absolutely will, because in five years, YouTube's already the biggest streaming service in the world, and it's only increasing. It's only getting bigger. And if, you know, in five years or less than that, the YouTube page, y'all, y'all's YouTube page has 100,000 subscribers. Now you're talking, that's 100,000 people who see it. Multiply that by, what, five or six more uh, a day? I mean, it's it, that's the kind of viewership where, hey, you start making money off ads so you can pay the comedians. I mean, what way. you could do, no, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt, is, yeah. is not just post clips, but maybe do something a little bit special. Like, we're going to have a night where the comics are going to do topical humor, like your show on Comedy Central that right. we had. And, and that show was and fun. And part of your YouTube channel will be... To do the show, that show that we had oh. on Comedy Central called "This Week at the Comedy Cellar," but you can you can uh, do it the way you always wanted to do it, which yeah. I think was a little bit different than Comedy Central's vision. Yeah, but Comedy Central and, was paying fifteen hundred dollars a a week. Damn right. To the right. Well, you, I know well, a show, but I mean, you could afford that. We all know. And <laughs> and secondly, if the viewership's there and the and the ads, you'll make money. You'll make the money to pay for everything. I, I don't think the ads make that much money. I mean, oh, that's not true. No, you need a lot of people watching. They make a lot of money. They make real money for people who watch a lot. Soon, and, and then one day someone goes, "I'm doing a spend." Oh, I'm doing a special. Oh, who with? Oh, with the seller, and they know to go to the sellers. Also, short films. I would love to do a short film about a ragtag group of comedians uh, who suck who couldn't get past at any clubs here, who decide to rob all three rooms on a Saturday night, the managers. Let's do it. How much you need? <laughs> Is that a joke? I'm not kidding. How much? How much? I think I could, I think we could shoot that movie for 10 grand top. Deal. Yeah? Yeah. It's, all right. It's, it's a I, deal. I want to do it. Done. I want to do it. Done. All right. Okay. <laughs> 10 grand. Uh, 2023, because I got to write it first. 2023? Yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's in a month. <laughs> Can we? Uh, I, that's I, a real deal. I, mm-hmm. I do. You know, you know oh, yeah. oral uh, contracts. We'll talk, we'll are talk about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a script. I want you to give me notes. Yeah, I'd love well, to be involved, but it's, yeah. your, your, it's your call. Well, you're producing um, it now. Yeah, but, I, but yeah. I mean, you know, here's that's it, fantastic. I'm excited. All right, sweet. I would like, if I could, to to move along because we do have a lot to All talk right. about. How much you need then? <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> to move along, how much you want? <laughs> um, speaking of comedy clubs, uh, Caroline's Comedy Club <clears throat> was just announced. Is closing its doors as of the end of this year. There's some ambiguous talk. Caroline, they tweeted uh, uh, some amb- ambiguity as to ca- keeping the brand going and doing other things, but without any clear indication of of what precisely. Other, they're going to c- continue to be involved in the New York Comedy Festival. Whether or not they're going to open up another comedy club, I don't know. But in any case, their Times Square location is closing down at year's end, and of course, a lot of comics are posting videos. Uh, from when, uh, from you know, their sets on stage at Caroline's and ta- you know, and and posting memories of the club, so that's a that's a pretty big deal. Not since uh, Dangerfield's closed, I don't think we had a comedy club closure in New York City. That was a couple of years ago during the pandemic. The Dangerfield's mm-hmm. closed, so I don't know if anybody has any thoughts about well, that. A, g- a good club closing. I'm sure there's been a couple of the. Well, uh, you know, <clears throat> there might have been some smaller rooms yeah. and bar shows that have closed, but I mean, an established club that every yeah. I mean, knows. Caroline's was definitely top top. Caroline's five. been around yeah. since forty years, they said, since the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So, they, approximately, I guess, when you started mm-hmm. the club here, around that, around that, around time, that time they started. Um, no, I, I was never at the original Caroline's. I don't remember where it was. Soho or I think it was Chelsea. Then it went Chelsea. to um, the it went one? to the Seaport. I think so. And then it went now, to the so, Seaport. I was at the, the the original Caroline's was supposed to be a quite magical 
the pla- the last place Bill Hicks ever performed. Wow! In the original Carol- the original Carolines was the last place he ever did a set. I think it was the original. I never sure. been there, but people yeah. used to really speak uh, like enchantedly about it. Mm. Um, and then the the Seaport Room was you know pretty slick. I, I thought it was it was professional, you know. And then um, this room in Times Square had, in my opinion, been let go. In, in considerably, when I went there a few times, it was like nobody knew what anybody was doing. You couldn't get a seat, you couldn't get service. It would look like there's like the wires were hanging off the ceiling a little bit. It looks like there was already, yeah, the, the attention had been abandoned. Someone, someone said they stopped booking, uh, they stopped, they, they were only using newbies for a while too because they didn't, have to, they didn't have to pay them as much, yeah, or they didn't have to. Well, the Carolines was doing the the headlining format mostly, right? I mean, I. Uh, yeah, that too. I mean, I guess that. So, so they would have one act that yeah. did forty-five minutes, uh, as opposed to here at the Comedy Cellar in most clubs, where everybody does say ten minutes or fifteen minutes. I feel like every. I mean, even Gotham, even Gotham now does showcase style. They don't do headliner do the headliner the anymore. anymore. They go. They went to. But the Carolines was doing the headliner the whole time. I really wasn't paying I think attention. So. I think so. I, I I haven't really. I never worked Carolines very often. Yeah, same. Um, I don't think I've been there in at least six years uh it's sad symbolically to me because it's just a big name and it was around when i started and yeah i did a set there a month ago and it was good so i'm glad my last set there was a good show but when excuse me when that room was hot it was fucking amazing but when it, was, it wasn't it was big it was, that's yeah, the yeah, thing it big. was big yeah, yeah. it was what 300 seats the yeah. village underground no i'm your biggest room is about 250 200 no. 200. So this was what 350 at, at capacity. It was a, it was a big it was a big boy. And some yeah, when it was full it was awesome. So when it wasn't When it's it was, a full room and they're really, laughing, it it makes a difference. Well they, they would cut it down. They had Yeah, they had the curtains curtain. and they would cut it in half. But uh, everyone's well, aware of that. You ever, but but you're, aware that. Yeah, you're, you're aware of that. And you're aware. Everyone's feeling like the oh, it's a curtain vibe. There's a curtain. Yeah. So mm. I know you do that too when it's necessary, but it it, it almost never has to happen. Yeah. We haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, but I didn't even know there was a curtain. Yeah. There is a need to be in the underground, in the oh. underground, but that's seldom necessary. Now, but Noam, as a competitor, has fallen. <laughs> uh, of course, you had that, that. I guess provokes a reaction from you, perhaps, in terms of uh, less competition, or it doesn't matter. I don't think they were on the same pl- on the same. Yeah, it doesn't. Field. Well, uh, I have to be honest, right? Well, yeah, I would prefer so it. Ha- no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> no, no. When um, when a competitor finally closes, finally, yeah, it's it's usually because it's it's a last gasp. So the benefit is is really not gonna. I'm not. We're not gonna feel the benefit of a competitor closing because they're only closing because they're not doing much business to begin with. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I. It, it's not good for the comedians because it, it's spots, it's fewer spots that is true. being Those given out. Spots, yeah. um, I wasn't personally fond of, I didn't have a great interaction with, with, with Caroline's. So I, I didn't know her, I never met her, but just, you know, I, they, they would, there was a time when they would really kind of talk down to us. You know, everybody should learn, like, don't ever talk down to anybody. You just don't ever talk down to anybody. But what like, about you and Perry L? It's like Carlito's way. You know Carlito's way at the yeah, end? Where yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you don't... Penny Blanco. Yeah, you don't, you don't <laughs> need to do that. So years ago when they first started the comedy festival, they wanted us to... They wanted Esty to um, judge some sort of comedy competition. 
and the Esty would judge the competition, and first prize was a spot at Caroline's. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is what I say. So, wow. I, said, I, mean, I, was, I think talking to Lewis, or like, so, yeah. so let me understand. So, we will be, and then, like, like and the first prize yeah. is, is to go to the better club, right? And I said, well, I, I, I didn't do it, but yeah. just, just the request always rubbed me the wrong way. That shit is weird. That, and they also did, like, I, I just, they also were big, per, uh, I believe they were 100% behind the whole stand up, the, the bracket style stand up competition thing. Maybe. Oh, let me just say yeah. now it's it's quite possible and even probable. They had no idea how how I was going to take this. Like so, it yeah, might just but, be my own thing because I've had dealings with Lewis after that. He was nothing but a gentleman with me. Lewis was their booker. Hmm. So, but anyway, I'm just being honest. It's it stayed with me. Um, the club, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 and these things make me nervous because ideally I would like every club to be packed. Well, because you, yeah. part of you is saying to yourself, you know, for whom the bell tolls. That's right. Metallica uh, song? I mean, what, what's better? Let, let's, if, if, if my income is going to remain constant, I would rather know that we're attracting 30% of the people going out to see comedy on a Saturday night as opposed to what may be 90%. Sometimes, like like we're like the comedy seller is like really, you know, cornering the market. But you know, I think we're doing certain. We're doing we do a lot of things different than any other clubs do. We just do. You do. Like for instance, if you wouldn't mind giving one or two trade secrets that no one's going to steal from you. I can't give trade secrets, and there are some significant ones. But in general, we are we're we're hyper concerned about our customers in a way that no club seems to show any interest whatsoever. I mean, I spend my day, my first two hours of the day or so, going through emails, answering customers, offering refunds if they're unhappy, you know, just dealing with following up on how come the waitress didn't check on the person said their their martini was not dry enough. Sometimes we get that comment, and I'll go and I'll look up, or as Liz, as Liz, look up the table number, contact the waitress. Did you check on this customer? Why are they complaining their martini was wasn't dry enough? Like down to that kind of detail. And I'm not bragging by the way, because that's that's like bare minimum what you're supposed to do if you're serious about customer service business. Like it's psychotic not to do that. However, they don't do that. So there are also customers who make unrealistic. I mean, I've seen it not here specifically, but I've seen it over the years at comedy clubs where it's people who like they had no intention of actually going to see a comedy show. They what they were expecting was completely different and not suited well, to the, them. The customer's not always right. No, well, almost always. I, I well, sometimes the customer's unreasonable. A lot of the times, the customers. What? Well, what about when customers? Not, not our com- customers. What about when customers complain <laughs> about? Really? I mean, well, well that's because. Well, that, if I may, yeah. From my perspective, it's because the sellers created an environment where everyone. It's very honest what it is. Like, this is a comedy show. Some of it might rub you the wrong way. You agree to take that risk on yourself. It's not on us. But then you get people who come in there and decide, no, it is on you. That comic said. Oh, you're talking about people who are offended. That's a whole nother universe of things. You, you, oh, you're talking, you, you, you mean specifically with service. Yeah, I'm talking about service. Sure, just sure. the way they're treated. And, sure. and we have problems in our organization. A lot of times the customers mm-hmm. are right. But in terms of being offended... We had a little spate of it recently, but in general, we don't get much of that. And and but if they are offended, I give them, the, you know, I say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, here's your money back or whatever. You don't just don't come or come to see another show. Check the lineup more carefully next time. Do they and, do the thing where they're like, I don't want the money back. I just want you to know. Um, 
Because no, usually they take the money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are there? Are there <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what the comedy seller. I'll tell you what the comedy seller does from my perspective. <laughs> that I don't think other clubs do, but I may be wrong. Is the and and this, by the way, is not necessarily good for for me. But the comedy seller is constantly on the lookout for new acts. Sure. In a way that I just. My limited experience with the other clubs, I don't think they are. They're not hungry to find new acts. They have their people. A lot of clubs cultivate, or not call that's the wrong word, but they, they sort of corral and do a thing where they're like, you're with us now. And they the become get- clickish. And it becomes clickish, and it becomes like, it becomes this loyalty thing where it's like, what are you going to perform elsewhere for? We got you off stage. We've been putting you up since you were a kid. And it's like, now you've been making them host. Since they were a kid, now they're successful. We're like family. We're like yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, it, yeah. I hate that. But I, but I feel like here you're like, all right, you're in here now. Awesome. We treat you like family. We love you. There's love but we, here. But we will get rid of you. Uh, we'll, but also, <laughs> you know. get out there and do your thing. Well, no. If you're not doing the so, job, you so, will be gotten yeah. rid of at some yeah, point. Yeah. Just so you know, and you know this, when, when we opened the underground, I did not ask a single comic to work there. You know, like mm. the famous people, like the, the the Chris Rocks and everybody oh. who come in. I didn't even mention it to them. I knew eventually they would hear about it right. because I did not dare to say, "Listen, you know, essentially what you're saying, like, come on, you know, we've supported you all the time. Would you come work our new club?" Right. I, 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 because the only reason they should work there is because they they like the room. Yeah. Otherwise, every time they'd work yeah. there, they'd be like, "Oh, well, I'm about to fucking do this guy a favor," and then they would stop coming. Because they don't want to be asked to do favors. That's what yeah. I do. If I know someone's going to ask me for something, I just avoid it altogether. Right, right, right. So, and I feel like that extends to to everything. There's like nobody should. People should be loyal, but nobody should be asked to do something they don't want to do in their profession out of loyalty. I don't want any fucking comedian working at the club right. to, to be loyal to me. They should work at the club because it's right for them. Well, loyal in New York specifically, loyal to the craft. Meaning out there doing sets, staying good, staying sharp. So when you're on any stage, but specifically here, you're at the top of your game. I think y'all respect that. I think you 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 see if I'm like, oh, I gotta run to do a spot at New York Comedy Club, or I gotta run to Gotham. No one, I never feel weird saying that no. to someone here. If I'm like, I because so I've had it before where I'm here and I'm doing a spot, and I got another spot later, and Liz will be like, holy shit, uh, we got to drop out. You want to go on in 20 minutes downstairs? I'm like, I can't. I gotta. Spot across town, and she gets it. She's never been weird. Yeah, She's absolutely. always like, cool, go do it. And I come back, and it's like other clubs, there are not all of them, but there are clubs that would be like, oh, so you got to go do the other. And you're like, well, it's, you want me to stay on top of my game, right? Yeah. That's what I, you want me. Like, this is why I love That's how mistresses act. Well, I love Liz <laughs> so much because, wife. no, she, she has this stance of if you're just always hanging out here, that's not how you get past. Yeah, like you should be out. Well, but it's not a neg- it's not a negative. Not either. a negative thing either. But like she's saying, like when you see like comics, because you go down in that olive tree sometimes, and there are younger comics I've seen who are just in there every night hanging out, and I'm like, what are you doing? Well, they go they might just better. enjoy hanging out. It might not be that they they think sure. that's the way to get in. Oh uh, no, they do. No, <laughs> they but do. no, there's loyalty at all. Where the I alluded to this, and mm-hmm. you, you didn't really address it, but. Does loyalty work at all the other way? I mean, I've been here a long time. For example, how how bad would I have to be for how long before you'd show me the door? It's or would there be any extra credit given for the years I've put in? No. <laughs> well, there have, would have to be some. You're a human being at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're not totally a robot. You do have some personal feeling. Yes, of course there's, there's some. It's not, I, I don't, 
There is, but I, but to, to be honest, I don't know if I don't know if there should be, but there is. Uh, I've been through these things. I mean, you have to understand that it's asking a lot because if 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 you go on stage mm. and you don't do well, and it becomes predictable that you're not going to do well, mm. um, this is my livelihood, and and uh, it's. It's asking too much. You know, that's my big, you just said my biggest fear, <laughs> becoming predictable in any way on stage. It's just, it's just something like, <gasps> even, even, but even like the other way, because there are some people who go on stage and just robotically do a good enough job, but you can tell there's no passion. Yeah. You don't want to be that. I, I want names. I will never. <laughs> <laughs> I will never. But that, that is a good point. Predict so, yeah. you know, I mean, if you were, it, it, if it was my son, let's say, He's a comedian, and he stopped doing well. I would cut him loose in a in a heartbeat because it's my son. I I can get away with it. I deal. I don't have to deal with all the bullshit. It's not that I'm disloyal to my son. It's like, listen, this, we're running a business here. This is not a waitress could work for me for thirty years, and if a waitress began to predictably tell the customers to go fuck themselves, loyalty would not require me to keep that waitress there. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I love you, but I got to get you off the floor because mm -hmm. this is a business. Mm -hmm. You know, so having said that, it's not that easy because in real life, you know, you, you do when business is good and we let it ride. And I've been through this stuff, but at some point it has to come to an end. Also, other people see it if like people are sloppy and they get away with it. And that has an effect also. Right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, loyalty has to do with um, like I won't deal with comedies. Like I have musicians like have a gig with me every year. No, they work five nights a week. And then they get offered $300 extra on New Year's Eve or something. And they would take the $300 extra and lie to me about it. Mm -hmm. That's not fucking loyal. That's the kind of, like, like that's, uh, that, that's yeah, not yeah. loyal. That, that, that shows no integrity. You're grabbing $300 extra when you get work and you're lying about it. So, you know, and comedians do that too sometimes. They'll, they'll cancel at the last minute for a marginal amount of extra money and give us a bullshit story that we uncover was bullshit. That, that bothers me. Never you know, I don't do anything about it, but you know, I, I, I can tell you this: yeah. one of my greatest, one of my greatest joys here at this at this club, uh, making the audience laugh is amazing, of course. Like, oh, but if when you make the band laugh at the VU, <laughs> when you make Red or Jeremy or Ronaldo laugh, that's the fucking moment. Yeah. Because not only, I mean, yes, the wait staff hears everyone jokes, everyone's jokes, but they are sitting there on stage with you. Feeling every moment. I, with find, you. I find red. And when is, they laugh, oh, it's the best. I find red is very generous. I can't judge by red is the pianist that's up on stage at the Village Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, I find his laughter very generous. It and, is generous. And quite honestly, I can't go by him. <laughs> I have to go by I go by the audience of course of course always the audience but I mean always the audience but there are times but, when Red laughs a lot harder than the audience yeah but man and then so, I say well that's all laugh. fine and good but yeah. I'd rather the audience laugh a lot harder than of Red course. yeah I don't want to just be making Red laugh but I'm saying I've seen him on stage just not laughing before and you're like oh, I get it he's heard this before and it's killing but when you are when you're killing and if I'm having a great set and then he's still dying I'm like ha ha Double, you know? And if you hear the staff laugh, too, it's like, that's important. These are people who you are technically working with. Like, yeah. you've got to make their job a little easier. For well, the them. wait staff, yeah. 
I think Noam relies on them oh, the staff. to keep tabs on us, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. Sometimes. Is that I, true? I used to. Listen, if, if you if you woke up one day and were no longer funny. Right. I would sooner give you money to help you, you know, pay your rent than put you on stage. That that loyal that would be loyalty. Like he's been my friend for 20 years. He's on a, he's having a tough time now. Mm. Uh, I would treat it as if you got lost some other job. Like that like, like be quizzed, like you lost a job with me, but I would say, well, if you work for someone else and lost a job, you're my friend. Say, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to help Dan pay his rent for a month or two because that's loyalty. But asking you, asking me to give you spots. I'm not sure two months would cut it. You're talking about a permanent loss of sense of humor. Well, whatever. I'm you just gotta, saying. You got to carry me the whole way. That, that's, that would be. <laughs> you got to go work Greenwich Village for one year. <laughs> that would be loyalty. But asking somebody to get spots when you're not funny, that's, that's too much to ask. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, uh, thankfully, people... No, no network is going to allow a show to stay on the air badly. They're going to cut you loose in a second. No, they'll just give them another show. Just <laughs> move them to well, another Well, fortunately, show. people yeah. generally don't lose their ability that abruptly or that completely. I mean, no. some people lose motivation and they stop writing. Usually you can coast on old jokes anyway. People for get, some people get in their head and convince themselves that something's wrong and then all it takes is... But I've never seen anyone really lose it to any significant degree. And actually, sometimes when it's someone who's really funny having a rough time, it's kind of fucking fun watching them. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious sometimes the way they struggle through it. And you're like, holy shit, this is also, that's how you know someone's funny. If when they're struggling, you're still laughing. And then they get through it and you're like, dude, that was, I'm not going to tell you that was a great set, but I will say I was laughing. I've had that. I've seen that numerous. Well, usually if they're struggling, guess, what, guess, guess who's going to struggle next? You. Because if somebody that's very good and very skilled is struggling, the audience is probably the issue. Which it's, which would you prefer as a comedian? Would you rather deal with a high energy, like a rowdy, uncontrollable audience, or a dead tight audience? Which one would you rather deal with? I think dead and tight. See, yeah, I don't I'd like, rather. I don't like rowdy. I'd rather bring them to life than corral them. Yes. Let's talk anyway, if we sorry. could about Sean Patton's new special. Speaking of life. Unfortunately, we don't have commercial breaks. Uh, Sometimes these transitions do get a little abrupt, but uh, we, we do have different topics to discuss. Number one is Sean's mm -hmm. debut special mm -hmm. uh, on the streaming uh, service, Peacock, the NBC streaming service, produced by our dear friend, Mr. Michael Che. Michael Che. Oh, wow. An 800-pound gorilla Of record. SNL fame. You don't uh, need my 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be surprised. Streaming doesn't pay. Um, uh, and I met you, Michael Che. Go ahead. Explores everything from obsessive compulsive disorder mm -hmm. to the broken yet unbreakable bonds of his family. It's a heart wrenchingly hilarious tapestry of his personal experiences. How many of you, by round of applause, have ever had an anxiety attack whilst high? specifically okay i feel like other substances are designed to freak you out we're supposed to mail you out so when you have if you've never had an anxiety attack whilst high um imagine something terrible and then make it unexpectedly worse <laughs> so it's like it's like being bitten by a snake which already sucks you're already like oh god oh no oh no and then as the snake slithers away, it hisses the name of your ex. <laughs> Samantha. Like, ah, 
new snake did she send you? Tell her I died in another woman's arms. And tell her that woman begged you to bite her as well so she could join me in the afterlife. But, but no, then tell her that I stopped you from biting her and let you bite me some more because I wanted you to live your best life. Tell her I'm not selfish. Tell her I'm not selfish. Filmed at the world-famous Tipitina's, which is, I guess, a jazz club. It's a, it's a music venue in New Orleans. It's a very in New Orleans, yeah, as yeah. we call it. One one kind of one word if you're from that, down there, isn't it? Don't you call it that? The no. way the way a true New Orleanian would say it is New Orleans, like that, like a New Orleans. Like people always go New Orleans, and it's like you're dropping the new for some reason. Well, that's New Orleans. I, I thought you said it. New Orleans. New Orleans. Or I, I do a bit about it in, on one of my albums, but a true New Orleans accent sounds far more like a fucking cop, like a guy from, like a firefighter from Brooklyn. Give him some Valium, and once those take effect. Now you got sort of like a New Orleans accent, just sort of like a loaded guy from Brooklyn. How come you don't have an <laughs> accent? If you anyone, if you live in the city, city part, and you've been gone for long enough, it's well, like it's, any accent. It's like Boston. I mean, yeah. Jared Freed is from Boston, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, and he doesn't talk. And then Bill Burr, fuck yeah, you know, and Robert Kelly have those real yeah. thick Boston accents. I mean, Norman, Norman's from like the, the city as well, and he sounds like a carnival barker. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's, it's, like, it's at a certain point. But he doesn't sound like a new. He just has a weird voice. It's not New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, some. If I call my mom for twenty minutes, it comes back, but. It sounds far more New York than it does. People think it's like, oh, uh, is this made out of alligator? I need a gumbalaya right now. And it's like, that's if well, you go. We, we, if you've watched Adam Sandler's <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The Water Boy, you which, think. Which that. is actually where he set that. I think he was aiming like Lafayette, Louisiana, two hours Did west. Did you read yes. Confederacy of Dunces? Absolutely. Many times. Fantastic. Many times. Oh, it's a fantastic book, and I hope they never make it into a movie because it will be destroyed. They've tried a million times. They've tried. You, 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 Ignatius Riley is too specific of a character for any living actor right now that I know of, anyway. Now, was a young the, John Goodman, maybe. Was the accent written well? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That book's a work of art. It's a masterpiece. Well, I've never read it. I'm sorry that people, the. I know Colin Quinn, I think it's his favorite book. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's one sense. of his favorite books. Makes, it's a work of art. But, what, what about your obsessive compulsive disorder? What are some of your real life obsessive compulsive symptoms? I mean, I uh, so obsessive compulsive disorder is a spectrum. My my version of it, it doesn't show. Like people, I talk about this in there, but everyone assumes it has a lot to do with like tapping and counting and washing your hands and like I do all these things. You just would never notice. You, you really know? do them? Yeah, but you not so much anymore. But like growing up and as a young man, it was constant and it was. It all had to do with control. It all had to do with uh, preventing nuclear apocalypses and family members from being murdered. All things you Thank knew. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and all things that you realize are not actually real, but it's a disorder for a reason. There's some mental, some neural pathways that still allow you to acknowledge and entertain these ideas, and they become preventative through these through these ticks, it's these an anxiety disorder, anxiety. right? Well, it's anxiety is a side effect of it. I think it more has to do with the part of the spectrum you're on, mm. right? But it's it's a it's intense. But I got you know therapy. It doesn't go away like any mental disorder. You just learn to deal with it. And I talk about that in the special where it's just like here's all the. I mean, I I spent years of my life doing insane shit that I knew was crazy. And hiding. Well, can you give us a for instance? Microwaving. I was talking about a special. I microwave. I used to microwave absolutely nothing for exactly 33 seconds at midnight on the dot every night for upwards of six years straight. 
Wow. Because that kept, that prevented Jesus from coming back. That prevented the biblical apocalypse, the day of reckoning to me. And there was a correlation. Jesus was 33 years old when he died, right? Uh, microwaves unleash nuclear, you know, not but radiation. Um, at the time when I started doing this was the 90s when there was all this fucking talk about, you know, it was post uh, World War or post Cold War, but there was a lot of, oh, who else has got nukes, 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 nukes? And so me microwaving nothing for the years, <clears throat> the seconds of years that Jesus Wait, died during. I didn't know 90s kids worried about getting nuked. Yes. Because in the 80s, we worried about the Russians. And I remember yeah. as a kid hearing a plane flying overhead and wondering, oh, is that the Russians coming with, to bomb us? No, wait, I have, I have a question yeah. about this. Yeah. Tell us the story of the first time you didn't do it. Uh, that came when I started doing therapy when I was like in my, like 18 years old. And you knew earlier in the day, of course I tonight I'm not going to do it. I did it last night. Tonight is the tonight night. Tonight I'm not going to do it. Was, was it. was there a couple of times you tried it first and then you, fuck it, I got to do it. There was one time I truly panicked where I just, <clears throat> because this would also happen when I was not home. If I was sleeping at a friend's house, if I was at a relative's house, I would find a way to be around a microwave. And micro, like I, I can vividly remember doing it one time and my cousin being like, Wait, what? There's nothing in here. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. And then just microwaving a piece of pizza that I didn't want and acting like I'm a dumbass. I forgot to do it. Hiding shit. You got so good at hiding shit. If a door slid instead of opened, I had to walk through it backwards. Backwards. That one specifically had something to do with time, with being erased. But so it, they were all correlated to preventing they something. They all had, they were all, it was all about right. prevention. It was all about So the first control. time you didn't do it, you, yeah. had, you, you decided you weren't going to do it that <clears> night. <throat> and then midnight came and passed and yeah. you still weren't sure what was going to happen or you were sure. I definitely, I mean, it, we're talking about 20 years, 20 something years ago, but I can definitely tell you, I'm sure I had some real anxiety moments for the hour leading up for the hour after I didn't do it, and then the next day waking up, and then the, when I stopped doing it, I know when the, it was right around when um, Kosovo it was when yeah. Clinton launched all the missiles at Kosovo. I remember having some real issues with it then. Now just imagine if by coincidence that night something something exactly. happened. Dude, I'm telling nine eleven. I'm telling you. <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee out there is someone. So John Stewart will be raising money for you. I guarantee that's that happened. So someone. fucked up. I, I so I somewhere started, in the world it did happen. I started watching your special because mm. I got a special link from NBC or whatever, and mm. it's so stop showing off. It's what you had it too. You yes. just didn't click on it. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> you also had that opportunity. It looked so beautiful, like the way it was shot. It does. They did a great. Eric Abrams, the director, he 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 knows his shit real well, and he did a fantastic job. Um, yeah, I love the way I love everything about it. For years, everyone I talked to, I wanted to do my first one in New Orleans. Every I talked to so many production people over the years who were like, what if we build you out a stage on Bourbon Street? Hear me out, hear me out, and we'll have producers behind the stage sort of vetting people as they walk by. I'm like, get, no. Or right. it'd be like, what if you did it on a Mardi Gras float? Or what if you did it during Jazz Fest at, at Jazz Fest outdoors before the, I'm like, no. How about we just do it in a venue that if you know New Orleans, you know exists in New Orleans, mm -hmm. and that's it. That's it. I'm not going to come out wearing fucking Mardi Gras beads. I'm not going to ride a goddamn Nutria out 
on, you know, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a special in my hometown in a fucking dope-ass venue. How about that? And Th- so how did it finally come to pass? Like, how did you put all the pieces together in the end? Um, 800-pound gorilla came came and said, we want to do it. We'll, we want to produce it. We'll put up the money. Thank you. Who, who's uh, the head dude of 800 Gorilla? I believe, uh, his name's Ryan. Yeah. I can't think of his last name right yeah. now because we talk that much. But he's a very, they're all, they, they were fantastic to work with. Um, and then we shot it, and I gave it to Michael because he had always said he wanted to produce a special, but he's a busy man. And I gave it to him, and he was like, done, let's do it. I'm in. And he, he brought it to Peacock, and just they, he was like, let's make this happen. And they did. And I'm very, I'm very, I'm very grateful. But man, it was, you know, 20 years in the making. Congratulations. But also, yeah, well, thank you. No, it's amazing. It's wonderful. It really is. I'm very, I'm very happy with it. Uh, It's long. That would be the one complaint I can already hear people coming at me with. But how long is it? 87 minutes. Oh, wow. It's a chunk. But it's got a narrative to it. It's not just a bunch of non sequitur shit. There's like. There's a flow to it, and at the end, it's like there. It, it fits. It's a piece, and I love it. I don't, I, at this point, I could care less what most people think. You have to get to that point as a comedian, I think. But I do say this with all: I love the special. I watched it. I edited it. I gave all the editing notes. I got surgical with it because I gave, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted the best possible version of it to be out there. And did you do one? Ver- was there at one performance or multiple performances? Two, two shows, two, two, same night. Yeah, same night. Two 90-minute shows the same night. Yeah. So is the second show was not probably quite as energetic as the first, I would imagine. No, I mean, actually, the second one is where the a lot of the footage comes from. The second one is the one, it's probably 60% second show. Wow. That's a, that's a common uh, yeah. thing usually, yeah. from what I hear. Usually the second show. Because well, they, get, they get the kinks out? You I get don't the know. kinks out. You get the kinks out. And also you find little moments. They're like, oh, shit, I didn't say that in the second one. And it works. Yeah, I guess that could be. But you're also a little fatigued, but... I guess the the energy is you know the uh, the, uh, the energy level is like g- given the given what's at stake. I like yeah no I I'm also just a I'm a performer guy I like it I do it I get it I'm a I get I get it's it's a workout but I love that shit so you know what I mean like I'm a, I'm a fucking lunatic no no uh, no no Some, sometimes sometimes I think I uh, my 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 voice is completely gone right now probably unnecessarily so I shout a lot. But you know what I mean. I I, I love it. I love it. So number one, it's and that's also a, a triple entendre, referencing obviously it being my first, but also the subject matter has a lot to do with that title. You'll see what I mean when you watch. Yeah, there it is. Well, best I can plug. I'm sorry, it wasn't very funny plug. There's very few comedian specials that I look forward to watching. I, I, mm. I came out a little bit wrong, but I mean, like I actually really um, want to go home and watch Sean's special. You're a supporter, Noam. You always have been. I am a supporter. You, you're, you're, if you're, you, have, you should have the link, and if you don't, I can send it to you. I, I think I saw the link, yeah. Noam, can, we, uh, can I address... Um, Anything you'd like, brother. Uh, the, uh, your, your recent episode with Hatem that you did with your podcast? Yes, the one Dan sent me an oh email. Oh, my God. Very disappointed. But you should see what I got before you got that. Go ahead. Well, that's between us. <laughs> but it was pretty much the same email. Um... So Noam did a did a uh, an episode. Noam has another podcast. You know he's a moonlighting on us uh, with Hatem, wherein he discussed uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Dave Chappelle's monologue, which was a big news item a few weeks ago. It's getting a little mm-hmm. stale now, but anyway, we discussed it here on 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 our podcast, and Noam got didn't really d- decided he didn't want 
he didn't really say anything, but he, he didn't want to discuss Chappelle. Um, so, but he discussed it on this other podcast. So I was wondering why he didn't want to discuss it on this podcast, but was okay discussing it on the other podcast. I, I didn't want to discuss it on the other podcast either, but he asked me, I don't, I don't think he was as aggressive with his questioning as, as you were. Um, I don't, I don't really remember the discussion to be honest. Well, but you I, said I, the same I, thing we, basically we, that you that you know you had said to me. Well, can I, I said that I felt like if you were going to discuss it, it shouldn't be from a hotel room in Israel at like two o'clock in the morning. Oh, is that what it was? I was in, I was in Israel. That's probably why. So I said mm. like if you were going to discuss it, that at least it should be something where you were fully present. Listen, it's a touchy subject. I would prefer to, when I get a chance, speak to Dave and find, you know, the, 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 the monologue was probably purposefully uh, a little opaque. It is a little, you know, you're not sure where mm-hmm. he was coming from, what he meant. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what to say. It's, since then, you know, it's, now that he's come out, kind of done the full Nazi thing, you know, it's it, it's easy to forget that he had talk about Kanye. Kanye. Yeah, he, yeah, Dave. He hadn't done that when Dave did that monologue. Right, right, so you right. can say, well, how could he say those things if Kanye's a Nazi? But he right. didn't, he didn't know at the time that Kanye was, he didn't know he was out gonna... there praising Hitler. I don't think it would have been the same monologue if he had. He hasn't been here, Dave. I don't think since the monologue. I'm, I'm guessing since that. No, he hasn't been here since that. He was here that before the uh, the day before. Maybe that maybe that night he was there. But he hasn't been here since. It's also why it's tricky to put so much of uh, a so, the, so much of the weight of the social conscience on comedians because it's like, I mean, the one time I got to <clears throat> during the pandemic went uh, you know I went I went to Chappelle's place <clears throat> with Cypher and Will in Ohio in Ohio just hung out and all the comedians there Michelle and Mo and it was fun and like you know at one point he gets a call from Kanye. And has to like step away and take it and comes back and is just sort of, you know, doesn't really talk about what, you know. I, my point here is that he's obviously friends with the guy. Yeah. And the guy did some outlandish shit. And then he's got to do a monologue on SNL, what, two days later? So it's like, it, that's, why, that's why sometimes I get, it's like the, the expectation of comedians to just always say the 100% right thing in well, big moments. No, moments. because yeah. supposedly, and I don't know this for a fact, but this is what I heard from a pretty reliable source, is that that's not the monologue that was approved by SNL. Oh, I heard that too, that he that he just whipped it up. Yeah. Whipped it up. Listen, you, 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 you yeah. touched on something which I actually think mm-hmm. is very true, which is that when you're friends with somebody, it's hard. You know, when you have a relationship with someone, I, I've actually been uh, there when Kanye's called. Also, I, I was there mm-hmm. one time when Kanye called Chris Rock one time. So, you know, people are friends with each other, and then you have a friend who's uh, you're, somebody you're friends with, and they're manic depressive, and they go off mm-hmm. in a manic state, and they say something ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. You don't want to throw your friend under the bus, you know. Well, um, you only want to throw them under the bus if they're if it's like, let me get to the bottom of this first. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to know. Even even if you get yeah. to the bottom of it, it's it's just hard. Like you know, it's just right. Like, but you don't yes. have to actively well, support. Like sure. Well, also the the the, the two things that that you. that that Chappelle said that I didn't like didn't have to be said. It would not have been throwing Kanye under the bus to not say those things. 
Jews. Was it the thing about all the Jews in Hollywood, kind of? Well, no. The two things that I didn't like were once when he said, look, Jews have been through a lot. Uh, this was, I guess he was talking about Kyrie. And he goes, but you can't blame that on black people. Kyrie was nowhere near the Holocaust. As if anybody said otherwise. As if anybody, uh, nobody's ever blamed. I mean, Jews are pretty well aware that in terms right. of the history of Jewish suffering, black, the black role has been minimal, if, if that. Right. I don't think anybody suggested other. The other thing he said that I didn't like is when he said when it's Italians, it's a mob. When it's blacks, it's a gang. And when it's Jews, it's a coincidence and you can't talk about it. The implication being is that is that Jews are the one group you're not allowed to talk about, but everybody else is fair game. Well, mm. I don't think that's true. Ask Roseanne Barr whether that's true. Ask Shane Gillis whether that's true. They were both effectively canceled for saying things about other groups of people. So I think that's un, an unfair statement. So I don't, is that anti-Semitic? Uh, no, but it's incorrect, and it's bad information. Oh, of course. And, and let me be clear. I'm not siding with anything Chappelle said I'm not, on that. No, I'm not saying not, you are. I'm yeah. saying, like, the, idea, I, I that, saying, the yeah. idea that you can't throw... I understand he doesn't want to throw Kanye under the bus, and I understand that, and I get it. But I, th- th- I told th- you what I thought he meant by that. But I don't think... Not saying those two things that I mentioned would be throwing Kanye under the bus. Anyway. I think what Dave meant was that black people are not the people who have murdered and abused the Jews throughout history. And all of a sudden, there's a hair trigger when a black guy says, you know, something, you know, fairly, uh, you know, indirect or maybe it's direct, whatever, but a, a black guy says something about the Jews, and all of a sudden, in Chappelle's mind, everybody finds it very, very easy to come down really, really hard on him Well, if, when, they, when they're not so quick to come down hard on non-black people who, who are also anti-Semitic. That's what I think, that's where I think he's coming from. And then when I think that's, they'll, well, that's, that's the only what thing he's coming quick. from, I don't agree with it, but yeah. he may be coming Meaning, from that. And that's what he means, he's mm-hmm. like, we're not, we're not, the Holocaust wasn't black people are not responsible for the Holocaust. You can't say that we are. So whatever, something like that. Meaning, like we're not the people who are abusing Jews all the time. So, like, okay, th- I think that's what he meant. Okay, nobody said that that was the case. But Kanye West has gone on like a full out anti-Semitic yeah. s- spree yeah, since then, and yeah, has incited like millions of people on the internet. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. what listen, I, I, have, I have a very, I have a very good friend. You know, I did. You met him, Wig, who was a manic depressive, and when he would go into a manic episode, would say horrible things, including about me and, and tried to hurt me one time. And this is mental illness. Mm-hmm. And um, it just is mental illness. I, I, don't, I don't know how you judge. The, the problem is th- that your friend didn't have six million people on a platform right. it, worshiping what, him. Like, that's no, the problem. No, what he's yeah. saying, what yeah. Kanye's saying is horrible, and the effects can Say, be horrible. Fucked up. But in terms of the moral culpability of a mentally ill person. Mm. I mean, when a mentally ill person kills somebody, we often say they're not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. If a mentally ill person says something, you know, I'm not quick. I mean, I, we ha- I have to understand as much as I don't like it. I don't want to excuse anti-Semitism. 
I said, well, I don't really know what I'm dealing with here. This guy goes on TV a week later with his black mask on. Say, oh, it's, crazy. it's like, yeah, this is not, I'm, you know, it wasn't that long ago when, what's her name, Ilhan Omar uh, said, it's all about the Benjamin, the Jews are hypnotizing the world. Basically what Kanye was saying, and the Democratic Party just folded in front of her. And she's not mentally ill. So, yes, I'm really all upset about Kanye. Well, you know, he's a crazy person. The Democratic... Uh, well, people were uh, upset about Omar, too. It's yeah, not like but, they were but, letting her off the hook. Well, they did let her off the hook. They were upset for a day or two, and then they, they were going to write a bill, like, censuring her, and then they changed it so it wasn't censuring her. It was just, like, uh, an, you know, a, a generalized uh, criticism of bigotry, including Pacific Islanders and blah, blah, blah. You know, they blinked. They didn't want to take her on. But, so, but are, in that sense, I'm kind of like Team Chappelle. Like, really? You know, you, you just, but you, there's like real life things happening all over the country now. Yeah, well, crazy people actually kill people. That's my point. Like mm. real, real life well, things look, happen I, from mental illness, but that doesn't make. Also, it not really quick, illness. when I said Kanye had six million followers, that is not a that was not a Holocaust. Oh, we reference. heard you. <laughs> that slipped out. That was a, that was not a Holocaust reference. We know He's it probably got eight million view followers. We know it wasn't really six million. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as you know, I, I as, as somebody Noam got, said it. <laughs> as somebody who's gone out mm. as has gone on record as not believing in free will, <laughs> I don't know where you draw the line between mental illness as an excuse and just you are who you are as an excuse. But that's a more philosophical it. question, I suppose. It's it's but, but it's an important question. Because if the guy is 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 expressing a mental illness, listen. When uh, Dylan Roof uh, shot up the, the the black church and killed, I don't know, how, was it was more than ten, twenty people. It's, it bothers me that I can't remember these numbers of these terrible things that happened. But anyway, they happened to fucking. They happened to it's insane. But um, people said, listen, he's he's crazy, you yeah. know. And that that was not an excuse of his behavior, but it happens probably to have been true. He's like fucking crazy. He's hearing voices, whatever it is. Mm. Kanye is out of his mind. He's clearly out of his mind. Yeah, that mask that he was on Alex Jones's show. He's out of his yeah. mind, although even when he's medicated, I think there's a good likelihood that he's no great lover of Zion. Well, I will, or, or, I will say this, that, that these mental... I believe that these mental... I don't know. These mm. mentally ill people are products... Their, their, their manifestations are products of what kind of seeps into their brain from their atmosphere. So it's not a coincidence that a mentally ill person from the deep south all of a sudden becomes a vehement anti-black racist who wants to kill black people because he's, he's soaking up those racist vibes all his life and then it expresses through his mental illness. And I'm sure that Kanye in some way is expressing kind of this, you know, uh, rank anti-Semitism of the world that he's from. I, I but would, you know I what? I mean, that. you can't compare Kanye to like somebody like Dylan Roof. I mean, this guy, for somebody who's quote unquote so mentally ill, is navigating his way, making billions of dollars, is a wildly successful well, businessman. That's, that's, that's what manic depressive is. They have manic episodes. Like my friend Wig would be totally crazy, seeing things, like talking to bottles, like literally fucking out of his mind, uh, I, wanting to kill me. And then a few months later, he'd be his old self again, I mean, like I normal. Think that raises the question, what did Susanna Hoff mean by Manic Monday? Uh, there doesn't seem to be, for years I've wondered, what was Manic about it? Well, I mean, also... Was she, was she having uh, racing thoughts, first of all, illusions of grandeur? Yeah. Prince wrote that song. I, well, I, I, yes, he did. Also... But Susanna made it famous. Fame. 
fame. Fame is fucking deadly because also you see, and you, we've all seen it, when someone start, when people start making money off someone, they get surrounded by a impenetrable offensive line of sycophants. Yes. Who yeah. will just feed them bullshit and feed their ego and feed their insecurities because they think that keeps them creating, thus keeps making people money. It's really it's sad. It's really fucking gross. It's really to sad. I was having yeah. such a I, Kanye I hope it never moment. To you. Fame. <laughs> well, I'll be a loft hold name at best. And that's where you want to be. But wait, what? I'm sorry, Periel. No, I was just saying I was having such a Kanye moment before all of this. It was like the only thing I listened to like mm. all yeah. day long for was, months. Was Kanye music? Mm. He's a genius. I mean, his music is I'm his not lyric, familiar with his, incredible. his work, but I, I know he's quite popular. Uh, I, can we say also a word about, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, uh, bring up Kirstie Alley, who died this week at the age of 71. 71. It seems young to me now. If I were 25, I would have said, well, she had a good run. (laughs) Wasn't she just in Wrath of Khan like two weeks ago? Wrath of Khan, I think, was 1982. How did she die? Do they know? Cancer. Cancer. It was cancer, and I don't think she talked about it. Well, I think she didn't have it for very long, it sounded like, from what I read. It might have been just a vicious, aggressive Mm -hmm. cancer. I don't know. But uh, it did did hit me in a way that I probably would not have predicted, I guess, because... Ted Danson's uh, gonna every he's gonna outlive everyone from that cast. Ted Danson's gonna be alive. Is Shelley Long dead? No. Oh. But what but George Went is, right? I know. He I don't believe so. I um, thought George Went died a few years ago. No? You're saying that George Went? Jo- no, I don't I don't I don't think uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I don't think he did. I think George no, George Went, according to Wikipedia. Uh, born 1948, he's 74 and still. Let me see. Sort of, okay, never mind. I thought. Uh, Carla George. <laughs> uh, is anybody from that cast? Yeah, Coach is dead. Um, Woody Harrelson is. Woody, Woody Harrelson is very much dead. Woody there. Harrelson's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Rio Perlman uh, dead. Is, is, is <laughs> 74 also. So never mind. <laughs> I guess. Well, they, they, but hey, there's still time. Uh, I John mean, at least Frazier. Frazier's actually dead, right? Frazier's not dead. Oh, Frazier. John, John, <laughs> no, nobody's dead. Fuck. <laughs> well, I know a lot about uh, sitcoms. John Ratzenberger dead. is still very much with us. <laughs> Ratzenberger is actually only 75. He's mm. only a year older than uh, than George went. <laughs> Where do you um, go? What about an extra who was in <laughs> someone who played? Well, the, the Al, Ro- Al Rosen is probably dead. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Remember Al Rosen? He was in like a few episodes where he was just the old guy, like honor. You know, he's a cr- the, the the full version of uh, something I wanted to bring up. The full version of the Cheers theme song. You know, the che- making your way. And the, mm-hmm. there is a, an extended version that only aired, played one time. It, it was actually, I think, a, like a song that they played on the radio, but it aired. On the final episode of Cheers, and it had the following verse. Yeah. Um, and your and your husband wants to be a girl. Aren't you glad there's some place in the world? So my question is, would that not that they even have theme songs today? Very Lou Reed. But would that theme song mm-hmm. ever even be considered? No way. They'd have to change the world words. Why? That seems pretty progressive. Yeah, I'm about to say that seems Oh, it depends what the what the what the yeah. I took it to mean like it's a problem. Well, I, I don't. I first of all, the use of the word "girl" and your husband wants to be a girl, kind of minimizes the trans experience by making like, no, he doesn't want to be a woman with thoughts and 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 um, ambitions. He wants to just have female body parts. It's it's it it it. it, it That's probably just for the rhyming scheme. 
Yes. Yes, but be that Woman's as it may. Woman's heart to the rod. Be that as it may. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that would fly. Be for that reason. Yeah. Uh, and and the second reason is, is I don't think they would touch it anyway, just in case it might be misinterpreted. So somebody said to me because I had this discussion. Well, but if your husband wanted to, was trans, that would be upsetting. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with being upset that your husband wants to be. You remember that? There was a movie that came And out. I'd say, well, that doesn't matter. Like it still wouldn't fly. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I just can't wait till we get to a point where nobody touches anything. We're all just completely still in life, <laughs> waiting because we're terrified. If I look this way, is that offensive to blind people who can't look this way? It's, it's, it's getting there. But I'm not saying, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I hear your point a thousand percent. I just worry that like. Well, I'm just saying, do you think that, that theme song with those lyrics would ever make it to the air today. I, I, part of me worries that, or wonders if someone hearing what you just said, if it's like, all right, but if girl minimize, if the, if the, if girl minimizes the trans experience, I mean, like that feels like we're deep diving there. It seemed quite natural to me when I heard it. I'm like, no, that wouldn't fly. For- How about the song Lola by the Kinks? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess people still play that, but I think that, um, you know, that's a rock song. We kind of forgive old rock songs. How about Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones? Yeah, well, we forgive that. I mean, we let that slide, I think, that people still listen. Nicole, what do you think? I mean, Walk on the Wild Side. We're just... Yeah. Nicole, yeah, yeah. Nicole, what do you think? Oh, yeah, the, I forgot about that do you think of those... Oh, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that part. Uh, uh, I was talking about the whole, now he's a she. Said, hey, oh, babe. right, right. I forgot right. about that part you just said. <laughs> also, Cheers is a sitcom, so yeah. it's, it's yeah. lighthearted family fair. So the standards are different. Nicole, any thoughts? I don't know. I don't think it's that deep. Like, I feel like Sean has a good point. It's probably just the rhyming scheme. I don't know. <laughs> no, of course it is. But just yeah. because the rhyming scheme doesn't excuse. Uh, I mean, if I wanted to rhyme something with trigger, with, with trigger, <laughs> that, that would not be an excuse. Look at Perry also. She's mad. Listen, can we stop this? Is there, is there really anybody on planet Earth who would be offended by that? Like, like how I don't it? know. We're going to find out. <laughs> like, this is crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah. Also, Lou Reed was fucking other men. So I feel like. You know, you get some leeway when you're talking about your own experience. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But I'm just maybe this person who wrote the, the song. The, the wanted, answer wanted, is you know? is the answer yeah. is there is no way in hell that those lyrics would have been in the theme song in 2022. That's the is, answer. Is there anything anybody could say? Any word? Any comment? Anything anybody could say vis-a-vis you're being Jewish, right? Which could reduce you emotionally, you know, to, to a puddle. Like, like, can you get that offended by any remark, anything that anybody would do that you just can't say, oh, that, that was awful, that furious, and then, and then move on with your fucking life. Like, is it, but I'm just saying, like, are people really as offended as they make out to be? I understand they actually really are bothered by something, something some, that somebody says, don't think they should say it, or offended by it. But they go beyond that to, to really pretend as if they can't go on with life because they heard this particular word or this implication or whatever. Or I just think it's all bullshit. Am I wrong? I would be upset if the kids were around, if somebody said something really disgusting and anti-Semitic. Well, I don't think yeah, that. Be I don't think, and I don't, then what? And then what? I would be okay. And then you'd be okay, right? But that's not the standard that that is applied. I mean. You may be right. I'm not in any way minimizing how foul some of these things are. Offensive things, offensive word, all that. I'm just what I'm just saying is that as foul as they are, there's still people are still going to say them, and occasionally you're going to have to get over it on your own. 
the, yeah, the reaction yeah. just doesn't yeah. seem real to me. Yeah, we can't we can't create a world where you, you we can't protect everyone all the time from everyone all the time. In colleges, they have Shit. crying rooms and yeah. like, <laughs> it's like they I don't, do. Yes, I didn't know that. That's yeah. wow. But not smoke. Well, I just call it a shower. Oh. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? That's what I call. That's his second Holocaust reference tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, well, just because it doesn't, it, mm. yeah, but it's still, we still, I prefer to be polite if I can be. Yes, of yes, course, yes, of course, yes. of course, of course, of course. I mean, I went to Yad Vashem, which is a Holocaust memorial when I was in Israel two weeks ago. Mm. And it's very upsetting, but they have this whole room there with like the, the, the Nazi uh, uh, posters making fun of Jews and kind of like, you know, the horrible Cartoons, humor yeah. at the Jewish expense. It's upsetting. It's very upsetting. And then, you know, and then I left, and then I thought oh, that was upsetting. Yeah, yeah. And then, and well, the- also it wasn't current. You knew it was from the forties. So I mean, if it, if you saw it in the paper today in the United States that people were buying, you, you know, yeah, if, if, uh, if that I, might be a bit more upsetting. Too. Yes, but quite often this this stuff comes up in the context of history. Like I just heard, I don't even want to talk about, it, but I but I heard a story today on the news. It was what, it's actually what's in my mind of some historical thing that was going on about history, and then somebody just essentially got the whole thing canceled because they didn't think this particular thing in history should be spoken about. It's like, just crazy. No, I mean, I, I think like, yeah, like I hear your point hundred percent, Dan. Like, yeah, be I'm polite. I'm not sure I chill. have a point. My, I, th- I think your point is My point polite. is, my, my initial point yeah. was only that the network would never let those lyrics in a theme song today. That was really my only point. Okay. But then that got expanded sure. into other, into other realms. I do think there's a world though. Like if I'm, if I'm walking, if I'm hanging out, with someone who's a lesbian, and I and I go, oh man, have you tried a Klondike bar? I didn't mean anything by that. And if someone gets offended, uh, Sean, you never mean anything by any of this stuff. It's like that's what I'm saying. Like you never mean anything by six, six million reasons or the no, shower. No. <laughs> but like I'm, things, the things happen. Like sometimes things get said, and I get it. I get when a word or a phrase offends someone. But to Noam's point, it's like, but then what? I did hear something like, on TV on the YouTube today with Anthony Cumia and um, Gavin McGinnis. Somebody sent this to me. I don't. I don't watch. I don't know if they have a show together. Whatever it is, and they were and they were debating this whole Jewish thing and Jews controlling Hollywood. And Kumia was saying, "Well, why can't you? You know, they get so mad when you happen to mention that you know eighty percent of uh, Hollywood is control is run maybe said controlled by Jews. First of all, is it true that eighty percent is that is that is that a real number? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, it's high. It's high. I would imagine it." I don't know if it's eighty percent. It's probably less than it used to be under the old, in the old days with Louis B. Mayer and Jack Warner and all these people. I think it was more. But what he but, what he didn't mention, and neither of them mentioned, was it's a question of why it's being mentioned. If you say sixty hmm. percent of Juilliard is Korean kids, hmm. that's like those kids are awesome. Like look right. like how how look how great they are, right? So. Hmm. The, it's the con- like why are people commenting on it? if they're commenting on it because they're they're uh, suspicious of the Jews, then of course everybody has a right to react to it. Not it's not a question of whether it's true or not. It's like where are you coming from? What's your point here? Are you saying the Jews are doing something wrong? Are you say they're in cahoots? Are they acting in concert? Like what do you imply? No, I wasn't. I was just mentioning. What I can't mention a true fact. Mm. It, it seems so disingenuous to me. Of course, you can mention a true fact, but it, it, if it's in a good faith way, but 
it didn't seem like it didn't feel like a good faith way. Feel like he was like had a beef with the Jews. Well, maybe he does. Yeah. And the other thing that nobody ever talks about is in all of these things that the Jews quote unquote control is Jews got into a lot of these professions because nobody else wanted to work with us back in like the, I don't know, 40s, 30s, 40s. We don't need to make any excuses for why we're in the No, it's not an excuse, but it's, it's, I mean, part of the story. I don't think that's the story of Hollywood. I think Jews are clever entrepreneurs and and started movie studios. But I'm also like I'm, as a, as a Southern boy who grew up, and like I've never understood the beef with Jewish people. And I'm not just saying that because I'm Spoken in a room like someone who did the much experience uh, with Jews, right? No, no, no. <laughs> Who's uh, like I've never understood the beef. I mean, and I know I'm in a room full of Jewish people right now, but I'm like I don't get. Who cares? Why is it such a problem? Jews, if Jews run the media, who gives a shit? If Jewish people run businesses, why is this an issue? Like. There, it's like I've never met. I mean, it's Jewish an issue people. if they're if they're using it in for some nefarious purpose. I don't. Which I've is what the implication is. I just, what's generally when people say that, yeah. as Noam said, when people say Jews control Hollywood, oftentimes the subtext, the undertone is, mm. and they're using it for some nefarious. And you know what I, purpose. as a non-Jewish person, want, don't want to do control Hollywood. I don't give a shit. I don't. You know what I'm saying? So I just to me, it's like, why was. Don't knock it. It's not. It's not. A, it's not bad. It's not bad. But I'm, <laughs> but that's what. Then that's what they should do. Like I'm like, hey, fucking do what you do. I don't see what the problem is. Uh, I don't know. But I, then again, you know, I know it's history and there was beef and it was all based in racism. I get that. But like in anti-Semitism, I get that. I just as a, these days, these there are all uh, these studios. I assume are public corporations. That I mean, you know, who knows who, who's. Also run by the Jews, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just, but who cares? Well, but like, they're run by stockholders who come from, who are yeah. from everywhere, you know. And they're also Jewish. There you go. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just think, Look, I think it's people who want control, who are being assholes about who has the control currently. We're not good at sports. <laughs> like, like there's, there's only. There's, I, I think that's limited. an exaggeration. I, I, I think there's We're, a grain of truth to it, but I think it's an exaggeration. We're not good at sports, and and um, <laughs> you know, there's certain things we're good at, yeah. and, and those are the professions we go into. Money, yeah, that's not money. <laughs> well, there are <laughs> being good at things usually leads to money. Well, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't there like? I mean, isn't there proof? Somehow, I don't know what the proof is, but that Ashkenazi Jews are like technically have higher IQs than Well, those. thank you for joining us, Sean. <laughs> good night. Good and uh, that, concludes, uh, that concludes today's episode <laughs> of, of Live from the Table. Mm. Well, we don't want to get into that discussion, but um, there's, there's... But you see, there you go. You ask a question, and now the whole fucking shit's an upheaval. If intelligence is part of the game, questions should uh, never be looked at as weird. It is true that uh, uh, Ashkenazi Jews, on average, have... Higher IQs yeah. than uh, insert Periel reference, you know, <laughs> joke here. The, the qu- yeah. <laughs> Except, uh, interestingly enough, they have slightly lower average scores in spatial relations, which is a, a little. Hey, that's why we can't throw a punch. But <laughs> uh, having said that, but the, can... the real controversy yeah. is whether or not that's uh, as a result of their upbringing, or is it actually, you know, an inborn advantage? That's where you get into really hot water. So the guy who um, was screaming those anti-Semitic remarks to the parents in Michigan yeah. last week that were dropping their kids off at Beth L daycare. Yeah, you heard this story. No. 
okay, so he's he was screaming, I'm going to kill you, and, you know, all this, like, horrible anti-Jewish stuff. So he's on... Um, he's in jail and he's being held on a million dollar bond and he was on a Zoom. This is all over the million news. million dollar bond for what? For, I, I, I don't remember exactly uh, what the charges, but, you know, threatening to kill, yeah. whatever it was. It was, mm-hmm. and the judge was Jewish and he was screaming at the judge like, you Zionist pig, you fucking Jewish bitch. And she goes, it's my turn now. <laughs> She's really Jewy. <laughs> you should put like a, a Jewish character in your act. Like, you know, she's just like. <laughs> I mean, my mom, uh, my mom has all the attributes of every Jewish mother I've ever heard about. What do you mean by that? I mean, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just every, every, every body who's ever heard. Whenever Rachel Feinstein talks about her mom, I'm like, sounds like my mom. You know, whenever. Actually, Rachel Feinstein's mother's. She, she converted, but she was not born Jewish. Right, we got to go. All right. Uh, po- podcast at ComedyCellar.com for all your uh, comments, questions, and suggestions. Sean Patton's special. What's the name of it again? Number one. Number one. Number one. Available on Peacock. And uh, thank you again for uh, Nicole Lyons also for... Uh, Remember, I promise you five grand. Available. It was ten grand. <laughs> 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 Nicole Lines is available for uh, video and audio editing. So you can you can email us if you want to uh, hire her. Uh, wrap it up then. All right, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>